Hello, it's Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno. Now, Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas without my dad writing some really terrible erotic literature. And Rocky Flintstone has not disappointed this year, because 2018's Christmas Porno Special is available right now exclusively on Spotify for two weeks only to get you in the festive mood. Not only that, but you can listen to all four seasons of My Dad Wrote a Porno, as well as thousands of other amazing podcasts, all for your oral pleasure. Just head over to Spotify and start listening now. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 197 of the Startup Diary podcast. I cannot believe we are getting close to 200 shows. I'm joined on the mics with the co-host of the show, Harrison. Good morning. And we have a listener question that we're going to jump straight into this morning. I was just thinking, by the way, I can't wait for us to record live from Miami for episode 200. <laughs> he's he's trolling me, by the <laughs> way, people. <laughs> that is not happening. We didn't even record live from Australia when we were there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Okay, so we have a question today, Adam, from Mitchell F. He says, Hi, Adam, I just wanted to ask, and I don't think this has been answered specifically in the podcast, but I may be wrong. Where did you find the investors that funded your seed round? Networking events, internet, or friends of friends, etc. And again, that was from Mitchell F. But before you answer, let me drop the music. So Adam, before we dive into what options that could be for people to get investment, um, do you want to just run through what Expert Trades has had uh, investment-wise? Yeah, Why cool. we're in the money. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, so business has been going for about five years now. And apologies if there's any background noise. There seems to be a community <laughs> gathering outside my office door. It, it's, it's half past eight, so people are just rolling in. Cool. So in terms of, uh, we've been in business for about five years now. We bootstrap the company to start with. And what that basically means is you fund it from your own pocket. Mm-hmm. So uh, you go and sell services, you use the profit to, to basically build the business. So we bootstrapped it. I did that through consulting, predominantly through working with manufacturers, building merchants on the sales and marketing front. So as I did that, I was doing 12 to 16 days a month consulting, 14 days um, trying to build a business. Uh, and then it got to a point where we wanted to build a software solution. And the trouble with software is I didn't have the skill set to build it. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to build. And software doesn't tend to bring cash in as quickly as you spend it. And I think the idea is really simple is you, you take cash, you turn it into code. And then in theory, that code generates you more cash, but it's just going to take a lot longer. It's just how the nature of the beast, build technology, mm. market It's like a Play-Doh machine. You stuff loads in at the top, but it squeezes out really slowly. No, because because <laughs> definitely not. Because I was just going off the hand gestures. You were oh. like filling the top and like oozing out the side. The problem with that analogy, Harry, is one you get wasted in play doh, but two if you put if you put hundred grams <laughs> that's of, way too if you, if you put oh, no, no, yeah. if you put hundred grams of play doh in the top, I want two hundred grams out at the end, and that doesn't happen with a play doh machine. I need I need this thing to generate me more money. That's what investors care about. Just to pull it back, that's what investors care about. They want you to, they want to give you a pound, and you want you need to give them ten pounds back. So that's investment one hundred one. That's investment one hundred one. Ten x play doh wasteful money profitable. <laughs> so we decided that we would uh, raise a very very small round of seed funding, which would basically allow us to buy six months worth of time. Uh, get uh, our developer to build the app 
without the need to go and generate revenue at that period or more revenue to support the, the funding of the app, basically. Um, so the question was around where did we find those investors? I think one thing to just to be aware of, and excuse my ignorance on it, because I don't know how it impacts outside of the UK or EU, um, but if, you are, if you're in the UK, one thing you should be aware of, uh, there's two funding programs. Uh, one's called SEIS, so that's S-E-I-S, and the other one is E-I-S. And these are investment, um, I'm going to call them schemes, um, that basically de-risk the investment for investors. So they can get a certain percentage of that money back from the government off their personal tax. Um, so it basically means if they give you 30K, they might actually only be risking 15 because 15 will come back off their personal tax return at the mm -hmm. end of the year. Uh, and that's just something to be aware of. So before you even think about raise any funding, go and check whether you're eligible for what's called SEIS, which most businesses are like less than two years old, less than 250 employees, less than 10 million in revenue or something like that. Most companies, it's the time period of how long you've been alive okay. that will mainly impact that um, and the equity that you're giving up. But I think before you even think about doing any funding, check if your SEIS or your EIS applicable um, because that will massively impact the eagerness for investors to put their money in because it just massively de-risks it so go for the, for the investor side for the investor side yeah it doesn't really have from, any impact from you as as the business owner there what does it make any difference no there's, there's a couple of you'll have to get a couple of bits of paperwork done it might cost you a few hundred quid but if you're raising some money that's fine um from my side as the business owner it just meant that when i sent out my pitch deck or i went to speak to people I could be like, listen, we're raising 200K, we're SEIS um, approved, which basically means that Mr. Investors, you can get up to 50% or whatever the okay, numbers so are. It, 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 it acts as a sales tool. It makes it a tool. little bit easier because... It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. A lot easier. Yeah, yeah. It's easier for them because there's less risk. Exactly. But there's no change from your end. No change from my end. Cool. Apart from it makes it easier in the pitch room. Yeah. Um, if you're, if there's, a, put it this way, if there's you and another company in a room and an investor likes you both, and he, one of them's SEIS approved, he's going to go with that one because yeah, it's just de-risked. Right. Simple as that. Um, so then on that note, what we're trying to find out is where did you find uh, your investors for our seed round? So I think the biggest mistake that most small businesses make is when they're raising, they go from zero to heroes and they go from zero to then try and raise from VC. So VC is venture capital and there's a lot of legwork and pain and heartache that comes when you raise from VCs because their requirements are very different compared to what an angel investor is looking after or looking for. So VCs, just to put the context on here, is uh, it's a company where they have a fund of money where they need to invest and they need to show a return. Mm -hmm. um, it's the business of investment. Whereas an angel might be a wealthy individual who's made some cash, entrepreneurial, often, because they've started their own business and sold it. They wanna do something that's fun, they might just want to put a 25k check or a 50k check or a 100k check into your business because one the key thing is they like you angels understand that business has changed the key thing when you're raising a seed round is making sure that you resonate with that angel and really you want to find and this i don't want to go too much down the investing 101 but you want to find an angel investor that actually adds value because believe it or not money is easy to find finding someone that adds value into the business is the most important thing you need to do because if you've got an investor, which is what we call dumb money, adds no value, you may as well have just got a bank loan if you're confident in your own business. You want to find someone that puts money into the business, but will also give you something more important, which is time. That's the key thing you want from a good angel investor. So where do you find them? Um, 
key thing is what we spoke about before um this is way back when but if you've started your own business you've probably been doing something for a few years you've been in an industry you might be working in the same industry with your startup or whatever you're doing the relationships you've got are going to be the things you need to call on at that point in time so many businesses when they raise money don't talk about the fact they are raising money because they think it's some form of negative like oh i need cash to build my business no no businesses are cash intensive things mm. like they need money to live they need they need money to even have an opportunity of growing and I think what you have to do is just be really strategic and write down the 10 people that you think one might want to invest in your business and go and have the conversation with them. And even if they say no, ask them if they know someone. It's just a case of just, like you said, doing the networking events. Friends and family is an interesting one. It never sat well with me, but that's probably my personal issue. I never wanted to go and say, listen, guys, I'm doing this business. Can I raise money from friends? I probably could have raised some cash from friends and family. Um, but I never went down that route. Uh, I ended up going back to uh, existing relationships. And then from there, uh, I had people that one couldn't invest because it was conflict. Like, listen, you're actually trying to do something that is sort of damaging the supply chain that I work in, <laughs> but I might know someone that can help. Um, and I think as long as you've built some relationships in the past, you've got a head start. If you don't have that network of people already, you just need to start going to events and just start working the room because every big city has startup events has networking events has investment raising events go to somewhere like eventbrite and just type in investment and just see people pitch there's there was something in birmingham which was like every month you'd go and like five companies would pitch on stage and the room would be full of seed investors angel investors that wanted to invest there are local groups and i think there's one near us called mercia like the mercia investment group which is a syndicate of angels then you can just look at stuff like crowdfunding if you want to look at crowdcube or cedars there's loads of opportunities out there but i think you have to understand that when you decide to raise money commit to it don't half-ass it. It will take more time than you expect. You think you'll get it closed in two months. It'll actually take you four. You ha it's, there's a certain point in the business that you have to commit to it. If you don't commit to it, you'll never close the round. And there's a risk that if you, if you don't actually put all your energy into it, it will just drag out for 12 months. And by that time, you've lost your energy for it. You've lost your mojo. You don't really care about this business. You're going to get a shit ton of no's. If you can't handle a no, you're in the wrong business anyway. Just go back and get a day job. You're going to get so many no's, it's unbelievable. You need to have, that's the point where you'll test your own conviction. And every single time that you speak to a new person, understand the problems that the last person said. And these guys might not be right. The reason you're starting a business is because you believe something that most people don't. But learn their objections and go into the next meeting and tackle them head on. And this is a great opportunity to sort of sharpen your knife in terms of understanding how I communicate what my business does um, to new people. Because to a customer, they need to understand how they get value. To an investor, they need to understand the whole business model. Because at the end of the day, these guys are putting money in. They want to see a return. So have up your sleeve. What is the exit plan? How does that investor get the money back? Do you pay them back out of profits? Do you, are you trying to IPO the business? Are you trying to sell the business? Have that exit plan when you go in. Otherwise, you're just asking for cash. And that, that investor has no idea how they're taking money out there. Do you, think that, um, do you think the type of business that you're trying to build determines who, who or where you should get the funding from? Like if it's a smaller, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but family and friends might be a good idea if it's not a huge investment that you're looking for because yeah. it's just like a little side thing that you want to start up, but you want to go for 
and Angel when you're looking for 150k because obviously they've got the bankroll beyond budget though I mean is the 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 area that the com- the business is going to be in yeah I think 100% and I think uh, I think an, an angel uh, with 150k I'd like to meet that angel investor oh, really? some, yeah, <laughs> yeah angels tend to be like 20 to 50k in my experience I guess that's another question like what's the budget that people should even be expecting I know because you you hear of obviously people getting investors putting in millions for yep. for Instagram or whatever the hell it is um, but you Joe blogs trying to build some new newfangled thing on the side um should they be expecting 500k or <laughs> well i think the key thing is for this and this is where i think most people make a mistake is people want to go and raise a round of investment because they think it's the next step that every startup needs to do mm. and it, that's just so wrong and so dumb it's untrue i think you're trying to build a business that needs to generate profit so the idea of a round of investment is what's the next thing in my business that i need to validate and how much is it going to cost me add 25 to 50 percent on because it's going to cost you more than you think so what we decided to do is it's going to cost us X thousand pounds to go and build this app. So we went and raised that plus 50%. And that's because we wanted to validate this milestone. We didn't go mm-hmm. to VC straight away. We wanted to test this thing and prove it. Because don't forget, when you go to VC, the more proof you've got, the higher valuation you can demand. So when you're raising from angels, the idea is I've got this idea and I want to prove it out and I need this much money to prove it. Some businesses naturally need to go to VC because they're a land grab. So you just need a lot of funding yeah. to go and acquire lots of customers. Look at Uber and bits like that, the generic ones, Airbnb. They need to go and acquire customers at serious scale to make that business work because lots of them are a marketplace. So like Uber's a marketplace. It needs drivers. It needs riders. Airbnb, it needs hosts. It needs people booking mm, with them. Yeah. So you, you need lots of money to go and acquire the marketplace customers. Um, very few businesses need that off the bat. And I think lots of companies see the Silicon Valleys of the world and they see I need to go and raise some money. I would say chunk up what you need to do, make a milestone and see exactly how much it's going to cost, add 50% to it, and then go and raise that. Because that allows you to be crystal clear when you're speaking to an angel investor. Listen, John, uh, I'm looking for 100K. I'm, uh, ha- I am I know you tend to invest 25K rounds. So I'm going to try and get four angels in this round, 25K a piece. And the goal is very simple. In the next 18 months, I want to validate X, Y, and Z with this product. And if I get this level of success, I'm then going to go and raise a round of venture capital so I can grow my team and grow the market and grow the business. Like that's what, that's as concise as it should be when you're raising money uh, because that just takes all question marks off the table and then it's whether they believe you or not. What you don't want is them asking questions about, oh, what's it going to be used for? Like what's the exit strategy? Like what are you are trying to validate? If you hit that head on, and then the conversations come a lot easier. But to get to draw back into it, events and your network is where you'll find angels. And also tap into syndicates. There are angel syndicates that you can apply for. And when we actually found our VC money, I applied to VCs and I didn't hear back from Midven for like six months. And like, this has just come back on our desks. Are you still raising? And I was like, yeah, we are. Because we actually decided to just go and make some money and just turn it into a profit and not worry about the VC round. So go do those three things. Events, tap into your network and then find angel syndicates and that's where you need to go and find your angel round. But be very, very clear why you're doing it in the first place.
hope that answers your question, Mitchell. Uh, for anyone else that has any more questions, you can get in touch with the show by emailing harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end, or you can hit us up on the gram, Adam. Startup Podcast, I am getting a little bit busier on the gram. And if you haven't heard yet about our Slack community, go back and listen to episode 194. If you're interested in joining a community of like-minded individuals, whether you're an entrepreneur or in your nine to five, looking to start your own thing, listen to episode 194 of this podcast. And I hope to hear from you very soon. I love it when you try and type quietly <laughs> because, because your whole body your whole body changes when you're trying to try <laughs> like the shoulders lift up slightly your it's elbow because I'm trying not to press it that I know hard. like everything tucks in in a narrow way <laughs> and it's as if you're just trying to move your fingertips oh dear oh wait it's off-putting because I watch you like yeah, you slapped that. <laughs> Hello, it's Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno. Now, Christmas just wouldn't be Christmas without my dad writing some really terrible erotic literature. And Rocky Flintstone has not disappointed this year because 2018's Christmas Porno Special is available right now exclusively on Spotify for two weeks only to get you in the festive mood. Not only that, but you can listen to all four seasons of My Dad Wrote a Porno, as well as thousands of other amazing podcasts, all for your oral pleasure. Just head over to Spotify and start listening now.